Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Tears. 
She cried out the sorrow of so many years. God's love is but hidden. In time, we'll know why. But the heavens had told her it's all right to cry.
J.M. in the A.M. Some of our acapella selections that uh, we get on the air during our sphere of format as we slow down the music, do some acapella, do some slow selections, do some cantorial selections. Our sphere of format, unique for our amazing J.M. in the A.M. audience. It's Thursday on this May the 8th, day 8 in the month of E.R., day 23 in the counting of the Omer, three weeks and two days. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Today is one of the days of Bahab. If you're not familiar with that, feel free to uh, consult with your local rabbi. A.K.A. Pella had eight Chaim He. You heard Tzvi Silberstein with Lachun Ranana, ABD with Alenu, Dvekus and Mia Let, Teardrop from Journeys Volume 2, and Regesh Modani opening things up. As we say, good morning. Big thank you to Mayor Fertig, who sat in yesterday during our JM in the AM broadcast. I thank him for that. Good to be back here on a Thursday with a full schedule at jmintheam.org and nachomsegel.com all through the day. Make sure to keep your computer, your stream, your app, your phone, whatever the case may be, with us all day long. I'll give you a uh, preview of what to expect once JM in the AM reaches its conclusion at 9 a.m., Eastern Time. Uh, if you missed our uh, Yomatz Mut special this past Tuesday, there is an archive section at jmandtheam.org. You can check out Tuesday's show later on today. It was a, uh, a phenomenal gathering and a wonderful celebration. Myself, Mayor Weingarten in studio, a lot of great callers, wonderful listeners who participated. So if that is, uh, if that tickles your fancy, as we say, make sure to, uh, Check it out. I watched the Tekes, the uh, gathering, the per, the um, ceremony that Mayor Weingarten alluded to on Tuesday. I watched it yesterday. Um, the moving and incredible Yomazi Corona Israel Memorial Day gathering on Sunday night. Just unbelievable. Just amazing. Um, Anhar Herzl. It was really something. Actually, it's a. It was a. Uh, it was the bridge, right? The bridge between Yamazi Karon and Yamatsumud, I believe. Wasn't it Monday night? I'm not sure myself anymore. But it is the ceremony which um, a mayor described on the air: the twelve torches that are lit in honor of the twelve Shvatim and uh, the twelve tribes of Israel. And uh, some of the amazing people who spoke, including Gula Cohen, who we mentioned, and including Miriam Peretz, who we mentioned. That was some story. Anyway, if you missed any of our description, check out the uh, Tuesday JM and the AM and um, enjoy our Yom Hatzma'ut special. 53 degrees outside. Didn't realize it's supposed to rain for a couple of days. Showers today with a high temperature of 59. Showers tonight. Showers tomorrow. I did not realize what's going on. Yerushalayim is at 68. We're at 53 degrees here on a Thursday at JM in the AM. Uh, plenty coming up today. By the way, I wanted to mention something that's happening tomorrow. Um, one of the issues, uh, not that we've spent a lot of time on it, frankly. We have not. And uh, that is by design. We have not spent a lot of time on the issue of uh, Army service, um people from the religious uh, and orthodox communities of Israel going to the army, all that stuff. We really have not spent a lot of time on it. Um, but there is somebody who is scheduled to join us here tomorrow at the JM and the AM. 
who um, might be the absolute best person to discuss these issues with. And that is the founder of Nachal Haredi, uh, the Netzach Yehuda Battalion, Rabbi Tzvi Klibenau. And Rabbi Tzvi Klibenau is, um, is going to be visiting us here at JM in the AM in the 7 o'clock hour tomorrow. In fact, our conversation with him should start right after the uh, 7 o'clock news, the 2 p.m. newscast from Israel. So if you want to hear somebody on the radio address this whole issue uh, that, according to the media at least, is dividing Israel, the whole issue of army service, the Israeli government attitude toward army service by uh, members of the Orthodox community, etc., etc., it should be very interesting to hear his perspective. So he is scheduled to walk in at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning to our radio station and... Um, I am sure it'll be an enlightening conversation. We'll try to keep him here at least until uh, 7.30-ish or so and try to ask all the questions that everybody would like to be asked. Hopefully we'll get to all of them. JM in the AM Thursday. Thanks for tuning in to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web, jmintheam.org. So much sweetest friends, everyone in the world heard of the Kajnitsa Magi, the holy, the exalted, the deep, the tremendous. May his memory be a blessing for all of Israel. One day, one day, the rabbi of a city. Shemstakov came to him and he said, Holy Rabbi, I'm married for 18 years. God has not blessed us yet with children. Please, Holy Rabbi, Holy Master, pray for us. Bless us with children. And the Koyu Samagi closed his holy eyes. I said to him, my dear friend, I'm sorry, all the gates of heaven are closed. And the rabbi of Shastakov began to cry. And he knew what it means to leave this world without children. He says, Rebbe, I can't believe that nobody in the world can open the gates of heaven. Kodesh said to him, my dear Rabbi, 
Do you know by any chance? In your city there is a Yiddale by the name Schwarzewald. Schwarzewald. The most obnoxious Jew in the whole city. Disgusting, vulgar. Nobody wants to talk to him. When he walks into shul, everybody moves away. Yes, that's him. He is the head of the 36th of the In his hands is heaven and earth. If you can get invited by him for one Shabbat, and he can bless you, he is the only one, he is the only one. For whom all the gates of heaven are open. You know, friends, what it means to go to Lamed of Tzaddik, the Holy of Holies, the deepest of the deep. So the Rabbi of Chenstrov came home, he prepared himself, he recited the Psalms, and Mamish repented, and he promised God everything in the world. The Schwarze Wolf lives in the forest, he's a woodchopper. So he thought the only way of being really making sure I'm invited for Shabbos, I knock on his door two minutes before Shabbos, I'll tell him I got lost in the forest and he has to invite me. Two minutes before Shabbos, the Yidel of this rabbi knocks on the door of the Schwarze Wolf. And here, my dear friends, I want you to concentrate in the deepest way. You know, the Lamed of Tzaddikim are so holy and so real. They are absolutely your mirror. If you look at them and they look obnoxious, because you're obnoxious. If you look at them and you think they're ugly, Givalta, you're ugly. If you look at them and you see how holy they are, because you are so holy. So, the rabbi of Chancellor knocks on the door of the Schwarze Wolf and the most ugly woman in the world, obnoxious really, with the most vulgar language, the most disgusting curses, opens the door and curses him out before she even talks to him. And he says, please invite me for Shabbos. I'm lost in the forest. I can't make it back to the city anymore. And let me not tell you what she said. He says, please, please, please. And she tries to slam the door in his face. He's very fast. He puts his foot in the door. He has a look in the house. And those children, really, he has never seen such obnoxious looking children. And usually children look beautiful, but they're terrible. But you know what? He knows it's him. Gewalt is he far away. Geval, Geval, to see far away. She says to him, listen, my dear friend, if my husband comes home and he finds you here, you'll never see daylight again. He will kill you with his own hands. The only thing I can suggest to you, if you want to stay in the stable, we have a horse there, just do your thing and don't dare opening the door to our house. For all cases, he had two candles with him and a little challah and fish. And you know, sweetest friends, obviously the Lamed of Tzaddikim 
don't go to shul. I hate to say bad things, but some of the shuls are really no. I can understand why the Lamed of Tzaddikim don't daven there. But the Lamed of Tzaddikim have their own minion. Late, late at night, the Schwarze Wolf came home and he could hear the heavy steps. He could hear him talking to his wife. The door opens. And if the Schwarze Wolf ever looked gruesome, it was that night. It was frightening. He walks up to him and he says to him, Listen, my dear brother, if you dare opening the door to my house, I'm killing you with my own hands. And one second after Shabbos, I want you to disappear from my stable. Slams the door. To make it very short, sweetest friends, open your hearts again. He couldn't sleep Friday night. Can you imagine Schwarzenbuch is next door? All he needs is one blessing. And he can't go in. Shabbos morning early, he heard the Schwarzenbuch going back to Darwin in the forest. Late afternoon, he came back. He's trying to do tshuva, he's thinking, Rabbi Shem, I promise you, but there comes a point he doesn't have anything to say to God anymore. And it's getting later and later. Suddenly he looks out of the window of the stable. There are three stars on the sky. Shabbos is over. And he knows my life is over. It looks to me, God forbid, I'll never have children. But suddenly he remembered there is one more, one more who can open all the gates. There is somebody, somebody. Somewhere, somewhere, so close and so far, can do everything. He fell to the ground. And for the first time in his life, he murmured, pray to God, please, let me have children. At that moment, at that moment he felt the softest hand on your head on his head he looked up it was a schwarze shining like the high priest on young Kippur and he said to him my dearest sweetest friend Come in and join me for Shalashudis for the third meal. And whatever the rabbi of Chenstochov thought the holy Besam Mikdash would look like, believe me, the house of the Schwarze Wolf was even more holy. And the wife of the Schwarze Wolf who looked so ugly yesterday, she was so exquisitely beautiful 
And the children goes without saying They were all little high priests And the Schwarze Wolf says I know what you came for And I bless you to have a son I have only one request Please call him Schwarze Wolf after me And you know, his first reaction was, but you're alive, how can I call my son after you when you're alive? But the awe was, was no time to ask. After Havdoli, he left, went home to his wife and he told her, I got the blessing from the Schwarze Wolf. The next morning he goes to shul. After the davening is over, he sees there's a commotion in the synagogue, the shamas, Walks around, everyone asking everyone for favors, and nobody wants to do it. He calls the shaman and says, what's going on here? He says, oh, somebody died, and just nobody wants to go to the funeral. Well, he says, who died? The Schwarze Wolf. The Holy of Holiest. The deepest of the deep The most precious of all precious The shaman says nobody wants to go to the funeral Gewalt He ran up to the beam and he yelled from the deepest depths of his being Yidin Do you know who he was? Do you know that he was the head of the Lama of Siddiquim? That he was Mamish, the holiest person of our generation. We never said Kachabas to him. We never gave him an Aliyah. We laughed at him. Listen to me, friends. This was 180 years ago. A long time after. Many tears after A lot of Jewish blood after 1944 The Holy Rebbe of Bells Came to this Holy Land And the first Shabbos in Tel Aviv Everybody knows in Bells People put bottles of wine and be on the table, everybody gets a glass of wine. You walk up to the rabbi, tell him your name and your father's name or your mother's name. And the rabbi blesses you. There was an old Yidale, very old Yidale, and two people were holding him. He made his way to the Belzer Rebbe. And the Belzer Rebbe says to him, My precious brother, what is your name? And he says, my name is Schwarze Wolf, Ben Chana. The Belter Rebbe says to him, are you the grandson of the first Schwarze Wolf who was called after the Lamed Wolf Tzaddik? And he says, Rebbe, you know the story? And the Belter Rebbe says, yes, Heiliger Schwarze Wolf. 
I know the story, but nobody ever will remember unless you do me a favor. And he said to the Eden, please lift up this old Yidali, he was maybe a hundred years old, lift him up and sit him on the table, let him tell all the Eden who are here. So in order that the story should be remembered. You know, my most darling friends, I had the privilege of hearing the story from a person who was the first Friday night in Bells. This is not the end yet. Five years ago, five years ago, I had the privilege of giving a concert in Old Sham in Tel Aviv. And out of nowhere, I remember the story of the Schwarze Wolf, and I told the story to the people. Suddenly in the last row, in the last row, somebody begins to wave his hand. And he says to the people, I want you to know, I want you to know. There's a little boy in my class in Bnei Brak. His name is Schwarze Wolf. And his name left is Elte, Elte Seide, the Schwarze Wolf, who told the story to the Belzerebbe. Good Shabbos, good Yom Good Yom good Shabbos. I'm begging you, please promise me. Keep on telling the story. Keep on remembering the Schwarze Wolf. You know, sweetest friends in Yerushalayim, do you know how many Schwarze Wolves are walking around on the street? And I always know inside of me, when you walk in Yerushalayim, you see some real obnoxious people. You never know. Never know.
Everybody knows Tamara Kamisho Sabaav and Zagavval Zagavval. Do you know what the holiness of us Eden is? That we can get up from the floor and expect Mishir to come the next day. The holiness of us Eden is that last Sunday was Tishabat and this shower is ready for the highest. You know, people when they're ill, it takes them so long till they get back on their feet. But hein am kolobi yokum. Gewalt to karimis. We can lie down on the floor, we can be in the lowest, lowest, lowest. Next minute, what do you think from Auschwitz? They walk straight to Al-Tishwar. Straight to Al-Tishwar, you know, said to the Holy Wall. I want to bless you, all of us, whenever any of us is a little bit down, don't wait 10 years till you're back on your feet, the next second. The holiness of us is the very second, it's over. And I want to just bless you something very special, bless me back. Sometimes we see our children doing something wrong. And then we think we have to let loose. We make one mistake. Maybe at that very instant when they did wrong, they were real a little bit low. But maybe they did it ten minutes ago. And do you know where your child can reach in ten minutes? Do you know where a Jew can reach in ten minutes? So what are you quetching now about something which happened ten minutes ago? Instead of telling your child, Gewalt, right now you have a chance to reach the highest because you're coming a little bit from a low place, we push them right back and we don't even give them a chance. I want to bless you and me that we should never forget Chamesh Osobav is right after Tishabav. We should never forget Mashiach is born right on Tishabav while we are rolling in ashes. And I want to bless all of Israel, all of Israel. Don't ever forget all of Israel. Do we need more proof? You know, if someone would have told a Roman soldier 2,000 years ago, listen brother, I'm going back to Israel. He'd whip you over your face and say you're crazy. But who remembered that Roman soldier? He came back, Mamash. Unbelievable. And I know there are some people here, some of us have to go back to New York or to England, anywhere. I want to bless you with something very special. I always tell it to my friends. Do you know the way you walk back from the Holy Wall? You don't turn around and walk away. When you meet the Tsar of Russia, you don't turn around and walk away, you walk backward. I bless you to walk away backward. Keep your eyes on the holy wall. Keep your eyes on your Shlaimar Kaidish. And I want to bless you whenever your children grow up and they walk out of your house and they build their own house. Sad enough, a lot of children turn around and they don't build a Jewish house anymore. I want to bless you, your children to walk away backward. I want to bless you and me and all of us. Our children should build homes. They should be connected to your shrine, to the holy wall, to the Bethlehem. 
And we should see each other again with great joy. And thank you so much. Good job. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. with the amazing Shlomo Kalbach and that incredible story. It's called Schwarze Wolf. You'll find it on the uh, album, double album, I should say, entitled Nachamu Nachamu Ami. And we have been playing that selection in its entirety for, oh my gosh, I don't know how many years at this point, since the uh, mid-80s. Unbelievable. Thursday morning, Sphere of Format Thursday on a JM in the AM Thursday with the 23rd day in the counting of the Omer. Today's day 23. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. News from Israel coming up. My thanks to Mayor Fertig for sitting in yesterday here at JM in the AM. Much appreciated. It's the second of a three-day Bahab. If you're not familiar with that, you can consult with your local rabbi. Looks like showers today with a high temperature of 59. We're at 53 right now, and I remind you, this time tomorrow, Rabbi Tzvi Klibanow, the founder of Nachal Charedi, may be nobody better to speak about the religious community of Israel and the uh, Israel Defense Forces than him. He will be in studio 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County, 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmdm.org. Kali Tzal in the background. Our news from Israel is coming up. We'll get an update regarding the big repelling event. If you're not familiar with that, <laughs> you may recall that our friends from Ohel were here a few weeks ago about repelling off a building. We'll talk about that coming up and plenty more. Kali Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Thursday is next at JMNAM. גליצה על השעה שתיים, כאן שיבל קרמי מנסור עם מה שקורה עכשיו. מפלס הכינרת עלה ביממה האחרונה בשני סנטימטרים וחצי, עליית שיא ליום אחד בחודש מאי מאז שהחלו המדידות. כתבינו גיא ורון ורמי שנים מוסרים שבנחל נקרות בדרום הסתיים חילוצם של עשרות בני הנוער שנתקעו בשיטפונות מאז שעות הלילה. נתי רכט, מדריך בבני עקיבא, אמר לגלי צה"ל, לשמחתנו זה נגמר בשלום. הופתענו משיטפון שככה כיסה את כל האזור שבו ישנו. בשלב מסוים מסוק הגיע, הוריד שמיכות לאנשים, שני מתנדבים של יחידת החילוץ בעצם נשארו איתנו עד לחילוץ עצמו על מנת לוודא שכל החניכים במצב טוב. לקראת הצהריים שבעצם השטח היה פתוח, נכנסה שיירה ולשמחתנו הוציאה את כל החניכים בצורה בטוחה. לפי נתוני מרכז החיזוי, שיאנית המשקעים מתחילת הסערה היא בית שמש עם כ-76 מילימטרים. בכנרת ירדו 40 מילימטרים, בירושלים 30, בתל אביב 27, בבאר שבע 35 ובאילת 9 מילימטרים.
בית משפט השלום בנצרת העריך בשבוע את מעצרו של אדיר יוסף, בן 26 מיוקנעם, החשוד שעמד מאחורי יותר מעשרה מקרים של התנכלות לערבים בעיר. הוא נעצר אתמול. כתבותינו אורנית פורן ושרון פולבר מוסרות שבשעות האחרונות הותר צלב קרס שרוסס בספרי על חזית בניין ברחוב עולי ציון ביפו. המשטרה פתחה בחקירה וטרם נעצרו חשודים. כוחות הביטחון הרסו היום חמישה מבנים בלתי חוקיים במאחזים בבנימין. כתבנו בשטחים עידו בן בג'י. במאחז נווה ארז הרסו אנשי המינהל האזרחי שלושה מבנים. על פי הודעת המינהל, בעלי המבנים לא הגישו בקשות להסדיר את הבנייה הלא חוקית. לאחר מכן נהרסו גם שני צריפי עץ במאחז עוז ציון הסמוך לבית אל. ראש צוות המשא ומתן הפלסטיני, סאיב עריקאת, אומר שתנועת חמאס היא חלק מהעם הפלסטיני ולא אויבת של הרשות. הנה קטע מדבריו בריאיון לתחנת רדיו א-שאמס המשדרת מנצרת. חמאס היא תנועה פוליטית פלסטינית שאיננה טרוריסטית. את המחלוקת עמה נפתור בקלפי ולא באמצעות הנשק. דברי ארי כץ, שמהם הביא כתבנו ג'קי חוגי. כמחצית מבני הנוער דיווחו כי השתמשו בטלפונים חכמים באופן אלים או שנפגעו מאלימות בשימוש כזה. כך עולה מהדוח השנתי של עמותת אלם לנוער במצוקה שהוגש היום לנשיא המדינה שמעון פרס. כתבתנו תמר ירושלמי מוסרת שחלה עלייה במספר בני הנוער שסבלו מאלימות מינית ושחלה החמרה במצבם של הנערים יוצאי אתיופיה. זה העתיד שלנו. אין לנו חומר גלם יותר טוב מאשר הילדים שלנו. תשמעו, אנחנו לא יכולים להשוות לעצמנו שכל שנה עם הגידול בהצלה יהיה גם גידול בהזנחה. אלה החדשות שעורך הדר שיפר.
Some of the material off of the brand new AKA Pella Top 20 CD. They call it the Top 20. I should say double CD. It's actually a double CD. And of course, AKA Pella's greatest hits are done without any musical instruments. A little bit of an acapella set for you in the Sphere format Thursday at JM in the AM. Day 23 in the counting of the Omer. That's 23, two weeks and three days. We forgot to count last night. Make sure to do so sometime today. Today's the second day of Bahab. If you're not familiar with that, consult with your local rabbi. I remind you that tomorrow morning in the 7 o'clock hour, right after our 7 o'clock news, Rabbi Tzvi Klibanow, the founder of Nachal Charedi, is going to be in our studio here at JM in the AM. Who better to discuss the situation in Israel regarding the army and army service and the religious community, etc., etc., than the founder of Nachal Haredi. He'll be in studio, scheduled for 7 o'clock tomorrow morning right here at JM in the AM. Uh, Lori Senesser is going to join us. Many of you remember she was among the first people to introduce a concept to the Jewish community of repelling off a building. And, there, and apparently there are a lot of people doing it to benefit Ohel in another uh, couple of weeks, we'll explain the whole thing coming up at JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser is on. His words, Zechanishmas, are of Zebin, of Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We're going to be continuing with our series on Sfira Sa'omer. We read in Kriyashma, If you will continually listen to my mitzvahs, to love Hashem with all your heart and all your soul. And then we read, Hishamru Lochem, you should beware, Penyifta Levavchem, lest your heart will turn away and serve other gods. First, we read about serving Hashem on the loftiest level. And then, the Torah suggests the possibility that one may, God forbid, serve other gods. There seems to be no middle ground or half-hearted service of Hashem. We can clarify this through a statement in the Talmud Yerushalmi that Klal Yisrael are forgiven for their sins of idol worship, immorality, and bloodshed, but Hashem does not forgive the sin of abandonment of Torah learning. This is difficult for us to understand. Why would the transgression of the three cardinal sins be pardonable, but not the lapse of Torah learning? The altar of Kalm explains that one who serves a Vodazara, commits murder, or is immoral, has rejected his human qualities, and therefore he's comparable to an animal. Therefore, his culpability is not for these sins, rather he's held responsible for the initial offense which resulted in his ultimate downfall.
And therefore, that particular offense is Bittal Torah. Man's responsibility is to be always aware that his abandonment of Torah can and will only lead to his descent to the depths of depravity. Likewise, on Yom Kippur at Mincha time, as we reach a peak in our spiritual standing, we read the Parsha of Arias, Immorality. This serves to call to our attention the importance of maintaining an exalted spiritual status, lest we plunge to the lowest levels of immorality. There's no middle ground, either Kedusha, Holiness, or Tuma. We see that our definitive connection with Hashem is directly through Torah. The Zohar explains that the word Svira is from the Loshon of Sapir, Sapphire. During the days of Svira Sa'omer, our mission is to purify and refine our souls, to polish our character so that its true brilliance will shine forth. For that reason, it's appropriate to increase our Torah learning during this period of time. The great Gon Rebbe Chonon Wasserman was Rosh Yeshiva in the Yeshiva of Baranovich. He not only disseminated Torah to the masses, but was also responsible for the financial situation of the Yeshiva. When the Yeshiva would run out of money, Rebbe Chonon would personally travel great distances in order to raise funds. His first stop, however, when he would reach a destination, was always immediately to go to the base medrash to learn for a while. Rebbe Chonon once had to travel to England. The journey that was required was an arduous one. He traveled by train, by horse and wagon, and also by foot. Soon after his arrival at the home of his host, a almana, a widow, requested an audience with the Rosh Yeshiva. She gave him a large sum of money for the Yeshiva and was elated to receive Rebbe Chonon's abundant blessings and profuse thanks. As soon as the woman left, however, Rebbe Chonon was ready to return to Baranovich. Although the people of the city tried to dissuade him from leaving, they begged him to stay a few days and raise additional funds. Rebbe Chonon was adamant. Despite the fact that he just arrived after such a long and arduous journey, he explained that he had been forced to leave the yeshiva, resulting in a measure of Bittal Torah, because the yeshiva could not carry on without additional funds. But now that he had received an infusion of money, he could not remain for another moment. My purpose is not to collect money for the future, he told the people. My purpose is to be Marbit's Torah. The very same day that he arrived in Manchester, he left to return to Baranovich. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. J.M. and the A.M. Before we get to um, uh, Lori uh, Senesser and the uh, and the repelling event, <laughs> the Ohel Extreme over the edge event, which we'll talk about in a minute. I do want to remind everybody that on May the fourteenth, on Wednesday, May the fourteenth, this coming Wednesday, beginning at nine o'clock in the morning at the Baruch College Conference Center on Lexington Avenue in New York City. It will be a, a special community conference for professionals, family members, and advocates on the topic of autism inside, outside, strategies for promoting the success of individuals on the spectrum. Again, this community conference for professionals, family members, and advocates. 
uh, an autism specialist and assistant professor of the master's program in applied psychology at Ryder University. Uh, Dr. Beth Glassberg is going to present and communication disorder specialist and editor-in-chief of Autism Spectrum Quarterly. Diane Dwachman-Cullen, Dr. Diane Dwachman-Cullen, I should say, is going to present as well. It's all happening this coming Wednesday. Uh, it's happening between the 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. in New York City at Baruch College Conference Center, Lexington Avenue at 24th Street in New York City. And um, for information, you can go to ohelfamily.org or dial 877-EDU-OHEL, 877-EDU-OHEL. Thursday morning broadcast, and Laurie Senesser is the Senior Development Coordinator at OHEL Children's Home and Family Services and is with us live via telephone. Laurie, welcome back to JM. Good morning. How are you? All righty. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. So you may recall the last time you visited us here at JM in the AM, uh, we spoke about a concept you introduced to the community, a, an interesting event called OHEL Extreme Over the Edge where you're offering people to be sponsored to help raise money for OHEL. And what do they have to do? They repel 20 stories off of the Heritage Capital Group building in Newark, New Jersey. A building, by the way, if you're traveling, folks, uh, right now on 280 East, if you look to your right, you'll see it. <laughs> you, can't, right. you can't miss it. It's a big one. <laughs> it's a couple of blocks down from IDT. Right. It's right yeah, it's right, practically next door as you're looking at the skyline, practically next door to IDT and uh, right smack in the middle of a downtown Newark. And we were wondering, because I believe you opened it up to what, 90 or 100 people, that type of thing, right? Actually, it's 80 people. 80 people. And we were wondering, would anybody want to do this? Would anybody want to go ahead? And, of course, we spoke about you know the possibilities of someone like me doing it, et cetera, et cetera. Give us an update. What's going to happen on May the 20th? How many thrill-seekers, how many brave, courageous people who want to help support the work of OHEL have actually signed up to repel 20 stories off of the Heritage Capital Group building? Well, right as of this morning, I'm just on my computer. We have 75 people. <laughs> I have five more spots left. And I have to say, I am so thrilled because there was a lot of naysayers out there saying, you're never going to fill it up. <laughs> Including me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But we're still, the day is short, so maybe we'll, uh, we'll get you by the end of the segment to, to agree to go over. Well, is there a, is there a registration deadline? Is there a time and date where people have to let you know they want to do this thing? Well, the, since I only have five spots right. and, the, the response has been so tremendous, and I actually just inquired yesterday to see if we could pet, put another rope, uh, a third rope, because two, there's two ropes, and you know two people come down at a time. But um, I was just emailed this morning, and unfortunately, because of the structure of the building, um, I'm not able to have an extra rope because I would have been able to, you know, open it up to many more people. Um, so right now, uh, the way it is, obviously, the deadline will be um, the day before. Right. But the way I'm going. Five, five spots, I, I, I'm confident I will be done by Shabbos. Unbelievable. So yes. what do you attribute this to? Why is it that people would like to, quote-unquote, jump off a building? I have to be careful how I say this. Better yet, repel off a building, right, with all the safety measures, etc. Why would they want to do this to help raise money for OHEL? You know, it's kind of interesting because we were just looking at the, you know, the participant list. And what's really interesting is there's more women than men. And initially, our, our thought was that, you know, this has got to be a lot of men 
but apparently there's a lot of moms out there and who have an adventurous spirit and a lot of young women. There's a lot of young girls doing this. And um, I think it's just something that we know it's safe and it's in a controlled environment. And it's something that wasn't even on your bucket list. But when you saw it, you said, that's got to be on my bucket list. What, what, I, what I enjoyed about the uh, the way you guys introduced it, to the community is that is that you could rappel off 20 stories and you have an amazing view of Manhattan. I'm, th- I'm thinking to myself, you know, there are a lot better ways and a, a lot calmer ways to see the view of Manhattan than actually have to go up to the 20th floor and start rappelling off a building. But I guess that was a, a big attraction. They get to see an amazing view of New York City, huh? Uh, that's probably one of the benefits, but I think the biggest benefit is just that thrill that you can go around. It's bragging rights. How many people can say, yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, we all say, yeah, we ran a marathon. We did the, uh, you know, we, we did the, a bike ride. But how many people can say, yeah, I, 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 I repelled off that building right there. You see that? That's where I repelled off. It's yeah, pretty, cool. pretty cool. I can't believe that 75 out of 80 slots are already taken. The thing you told us about the, the young females that are involved is very interesting. Yeah. That there's so many of them that want to be part of it and are going to be adventurous and uh, and make some of the guys look like chickens, like me, look like chickens that day. What's great uh, is we have a lot of chickens, too. we that, got a lot of chickens on board. That are actually sponsoring the event but have decided not to go down. Yeah, we have some teams. We have a lot of teams this, that have joined up this year. And... Um, how it works is everybody on the team is able to go over right. if they meet the fundraising commitment. But we've also encouraged people to get their friends to participate. Even if they don't want to, to go over, they can help their friends fundraise. So they'll get a chicken shirt. You know, I was too chicken to go over the edge for Ohel. They're getting chicken hats. And uh, we have a chicken coop at the bottom for uh you know, participants to and you know bystanders to, a to chicken watch. coop. How long is it going to take for eighty people to go over the edge? Uh, we start at eight a.m. in the morning. It's about and you have every person that goes over. If your time slot's nine a.m., you have to show up an uh, an hour before your rappel, where you you know go through a process, obviously suiting up and a training, and then you go over, and that takes about eleven to fifteen minutes. And it's a week from Tuesday, right? Yeah, and we should be finished about 5.30. We're, we're going consistently from 8 a.m. to, to 5.30. And, stop. And um, what do we do about weather? Are there, are there weather concerns or any type of weather that could stop this? Well, the good news is um, you could still go over even if it's raining, which so, is not good news for the participants, right. but could make for an interesting story. Yeah, it makes uh, it more. We're hoping that uh, makes Hashem is on our side and he's going to make a beautiful, bright, sunny day. But the only thing that's a concern is lightning. It's like a golf tournament, right. no different than a golf tournament. Uh, electrical storm, it's shut down. Otherwise, go through the rain. Well, I think that uh, bad weather will make it even more interesting and even more courageous. So hey, Right, right. So why not? Repel 20 stories for Ohel. Uh, there are 80 slots, five are left for May 20th, a week from this coming Tuesday, at the Heritage Capital Group building in Newark, New Jersey. Dozens of thrill-seekers will be rappelling over a 20-story building with amazing views of Manhattan. Proceeds support the OHEL Individuals with Disabilities. To register, still the same site, org. 
Uh, that's the ex- uh, no, that is actually yeah, yes, you're correct. I'm sorry. I was just going to say if you want to email me, uh, email do you dare at ohelfamily.org if you have also any uh, questions. All right, so you can go to the website ohel do you dare dot org. You can email Lori do you dare at ohelfamily.org. You can call her at area code seven one eight nine seven two nine three three eight seven one eight nine seven two nine three Three eights. Anybody out there that wants to take those last final spots, they are expected to be completely gone by the end of this week, uh, maybe even by the end of today, the way this audience responded the first time when we announced this event. A lot of people were very, very uh, interested and ended up signing up for the OHEL Extreme Over the Edge event. Happens May 20th in downtown Newark, New Jersey. Five slots remain. Lori Senesser's phone number is 718 718- Nine seven two nine three three eight seven one eight nine seven two nine three three eight. How old is the youngest participant? Sixteen years old. Sixteen. Actually, a real quick story. After your show, I had a little kid call me, who was fourteen, and he left this really sweet message saying he heard that I was, you know, on the radio or blah blah blah. Anyway, I called back. The mom picked up, and I said, um. Did you call Ohel and she, uh, your, your son had called and she got all very nervous and I said, don't worry, he just called to ask about an event <laughs> repelling and she squealed. She's like, he's not doing that. So it was very, very cute. She um, thinks he won't do it. He was trying it. to convince me why he should be able to go over. The second he could, uh, the, the second he doesn't need parental permission, he'll be doing it, that's for sure. Right, and he wasn't getting any parental per- permission to go over. <laughs> Let <it> be- <laughs> he had to weigh 100 pounds too, and that was the other thing. He weighed 92 and... Uh, it was very cute. So a 16-year-old who's not 100 pounds cannot participate. No, it, it's you know there's a balance, a weight and balance, and you know you're up in the air, and it's, it's all technical engineering. Uh, I ask that because you know we do have some small ladies out there. You probably are, learned a lot about repelling over the last couple of weeks. Yes, yes, yes. And if I can, just a real quick shout out to our sponsors. We want to thank our building um, partner. Heritage Capital Group, uh, Robert Treat Hotel, they're putting us up, and they're putting my staff up, um, and Toby Schwartz uh, for her graphic design, uh, her and you know, and Century 21. Investors Bank is coming out, too. They have eight people participating, a great wow. team, so it's going to be a good day. Very nice. Boy, oh, boy, should be exciting. All right, we look forward to it. Anybody, forget about driving on 280 today. Anybody who drives on 280 a week from Tuesday, you may see some unusual sights when you look to your right. People repelling off of a building for OHEL. Thank you so much, Laurie. Good luck with the event, and I hope those slots are all filled by the end of the day. All right. Look forward to seeing you. Have a great day. There she is, Laurie Senesser. Uh, it's uh, OHEL's unique fundraiser, to say the least. They will be repelling a whole group of people off of the Heritage Capital Group building in Newark, New Jersey, a 20-story building on the 20th of May. Information at 718-972-9338, ohelldoyoudare.org, ohelldoyoudare.org for all the information. should be very interesting. I And again, I have no, no further desire to go ahead and, uh, and participate. Some people thought maybe as time goes by, I would fall in love with the idea. Still have not fallen in love with it, but boy, oh boy, do I have tremendous admiration for those who are going to be doing it. I want to remind everybody that on the um, on the uh, 14th of May, on the 14th of May in New York City at the Baruch College Conference Center, that's Lexington and 24th Street in New York City, the Mellon Phyllis Actor Ohel Institute for Training um, will present 
autism spectrum disorders. It'll not just cover autism, but other disorders on the spectrum as well. There'll be two highly qualified presenters renowned for their expertise on the topic with info presented that'll cover individuals across uh, the different age groups. Um, information contact OHEL, and uh, that event happens on the uh, 14th of May in New York City. JM and the AM at 10 minutes before 8 o'clock.
More a cappella in this Sphere format Thursday, day 23 in the counting of the Omer. And I remind you that aside from our weekly update, which is always a weekly highlight for us, coming up tomorrow at 7.40, I do want to remind you that Rabbi Tzvi Klibanow, who is the founder of Nachal Haredi, the um, battalion in the Israeli Defense Forces that is uh, made up of uh, religious young men from the Haredi community, uh, is going to be our guest at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning in studio right here at JM in the AM. Should be a very interesting conversation. We'll try to keep him here between 7 and 7.30. It'll be an early morning discussion about some of the issues in Israel as only someone from his vantage point can see them and analyze them. So that's happening uh, tomorrow, 7 a.m., right here at JM in the AM. Make sure to be tuned in. And of course, a weekly update coming up at 7.40 tomorrow morning right here at JM in the AM. A reminder that we have amazing programming all day long on our stream at jmintheam.org, and I mean amazing programming on our stream. 
Uh, coming up later today. There we go. Uh, coming up uh, between 9 and 10 Eastern time right after JM and the AM, Charlie Harari speaks to uh, Mike Duby and Yoni Greenstein of Sharing Seats. Sharing Seats, from what I am told, is a unique way for people who have tickets to games to share them with people in need. And I don't just mean in need of going to a game, but, it, you know, people who are literally in difficult situations. Um physically and otherwise. So Mike and Yoni are uh, Charlie's guests between 9 and 10 this morning right here at JM in the AM, or I should say at jmintheam.org. And then um, and then uh, on That's Life, Miriam L. Wallach today, between 10 and 11, will have her, her own Yom Hatzmoth celebration. Founder of Nefesh Benefesh by Josh Fass. We'll discuss the NBN Israel 66 video. That is absolutely amazing. Mayor Weingarten and I went through it in the 8 o'clock hour this past Tuesday, you may recall. You'll hear the story and inspiration behind the video that's gone viral. And Sivan Yari, president and founder of Innovation Africa, uh, is going to be on That's Life. Here how Israeli innovation is improving lives in Africa and how this little engine that could was awarded special consultant status to the UN's Economic and Social Council. It's an incredible story. And uh, joining the Africa conversation will be Yotam Gorin, the first secretary of the permanent mission of the permanent mission of Israel at the United Nations. So a couple of really in-depth, great interviews about Israel coming up between 10 and 11. Live lunch scheduled between 11 and 1 today in a uh, Sphera format and plenty more, of course, on the stream all day long. Make sure to keep it at JM in the AM. It is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web, jmandtheam.org.
JM and the AM, the Yeshiva Boys, from their a cappella CD entitled Amen here at JM and the AM. Call Ish with Adon Olam before that. We toss in some a cappella selections into our Sphere format here at JM and the AM. 13 minutes after 8 o'clock on this day 23 in the counting of the Omer. If you've got the count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Tomorrow morning, 7 a.m., Rabbi Tzvi Klibenau, founder of Nachal Haredi, is going to be joining us in studio at JM in the AM. If anybody can discuss the situation regarding the Orthodox community of Israel and the uh, Israeli Defense Forces and the Israeli government, who better than Rabbi Tzvi Klibenau, the founder of Nachal Haredi? He'll speak with us tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. in studio right here at JM in the AM. By the way, I was discussing our stream earlier and all the great programming we have, especially on Thursdays. Tonight at 6 p.m., a brand new edition of Spin Class with Michael Fragan. He'll discuss some of the marquee New York races this year in 2014. There'll be more on the East Ramapo schools controversy and has the Jewish community soured on Mayor de Blasio? Wow. He's only been mayor for, what, three months? And already a, a four months, and already a question has the Jewish community soured on Mayor de Blasio tonight. Michael Fragan with Spin Class, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on our stream at the jmandtheam.org. Well, many of you are aware that there's an event going on in Brooklyn this coming Sunday, a breakfast meeting, what's being called an urgent breakfast meeting, um, on the topic of Har Hazesim. Uh, there has been um, vandalism, security problems, a lot of things going on in Harazesim. Uh, and for the past three years, the International Committee for the Preservation of Harazesim has, has succeeded in persuading the Israeli authorities to significantly upgrade the security of the 3,000-year-old cemetery. Participating in the breakfast meeting this coming Sunday... Uh, will be uh, Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents, the Novominska Rebbe, member of the Moetzes Gedoli Hatorah of the Agudas Yisrael of America. Rabbi David Lau, the Chief Rabbi of Israel, is coming in as a special guest and the person who is with us live via telephone, the uh, co-chairman of the International Committee for the Preservation of Harazesa, Menachem Lubinsky. Menachem, welcome back to JM in the AM. Well, thank you very much and good morning. I don't remember in all these years that you've been working to um, secure Harazesim, make it a safer environment, do whatever possible to stop the vandalism. I don't remember an event here in the New York area. Is this the first one? Yes, it is. Certainly of uh, of this nature and with the, the stature of the participants. Uh, but uh, this, the reason that this has been called at this time is because we've we've gotten to a certain point where Harazesim right now needs to f- be secured finally. What what has been happening is is that the Israeli government, as you said, uh, has done a tremendous amount in terms of the security, putting up uh, surveillance cameras, even having a police substation. But for whatever reason, uh, destruction of graves continues. Uh, people continue to be stoned in the access roads to Harazesim. And more and more, it has become apparent that with Arab expansionism, they built close to 50,000 illegal units from Ramallah almost up to Yerushalayim. It becomes apparent that Harazesim is sort of the strategic 
uh, area that is preventing the Arabs from uh, creating a chokehold on Yerushalayim. But not to speak of the fact that there's 150,000 Jews buried there. It's probably the only place where you can walk through 3,000 years of history uh, from the Nevi'im all the way up to the history of modern Israel. Menachem Begin is buried there. But uh, the point of the matter is, is that uh, the Knesset will be holding a special tour of Harazesim and session on the 15th of June. We feel that this is the time, as they say, for Neila to, to, to lock up the uh, issue of the security, to uh, demonstrate forcefully the sovereignty of Jews in Jerusalem, and to prevent what the Jordanians did to Harazesim by destroying uh, 60,000 graves between 1947 and 1960, between 1948 and 1967, uh, probably the largest mass destruction of graves in the history of the world. Uh, mind you, the Nazis only destroyed 12,000 graves in their march through Europe in six years, and that was only to make rooms for their tanks. So this is an issue that every Jew has to be concerned with. This is why Rabbi Moshe Tuvia Lee, for the first time, opened up his home. He never did so when he was in Minneapolis or in Brooklyn uh, for this issue because he feels that this is the Shah Sakosher. This is the time to, uh, to, to close the deal, as they say, on Harazes. The breakfast meeting this Sunday is literally taking place in Rabbi Leaf's home? Yes, it is. It's taking place in Rabbi Leaf's home. And on Avenue O in Brooklyn, New York? 2423 Avenue O, which is right off the corner of Bedford Avenue. Uh, as, as you mentioned, uh, the, ch- the chief rabbi is making his first visit to New York. This will be his very first visit uh, to Flatbush. Uh, and, he, and he sees the importance of it. And, uh, you know, it's one of those issues. Uh, when I go to Israel and I speak to uh, Knesset members, <laughs> there is no opposition with the exception of the Arabs. I mean, you, to whoever you talk to, whether you talk to Bougie Herzog from the left or all the way to the right, everyone agrees that this has to be done. But for some reason... Uh, all they keep saying is Menachem, Avram, which is my brother, keep up the pressure on us because this has to be done. Now, why it uh, fell upon, uh, you know, two, two boys from Brooklyn, as they say, uh, 6,000 miles away to, uh, to, for this task, I'm not sure. But what I am sure is, is that we have to stop the vandalism, we have to stop the destruction, we have to stop the, the, uh, the throwing of garbage on Harazes, and we have to make it secure, we have to make this cemetery. Remember that this is a 3,000-year-old cemetery that they're still burying people today. Yeah. Menachem Lubinsky with us live via telephone, participating in the breakfast meeting in Brooklyn this coming Sunday morning. Or Moshe Tov Yalif, as you heard, the Muradasher of the Agudas Yisrael, Beis Binyamin, Rabbi David Lau, the Chief Rabbi of Israel, the Novominska Rebbe, Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents, is a website, saveharazasim.org, saveharazasim.org, and there's a phone number as well, 718-854-4450, that's 718-854-4450, extension 0, for this coming Sunday. Is everybody invited this Sunday, young and old? Everybody yes, young and old, it's for men only. Uh, but I do want to just spend uh, 30 seconds on giving Akara Satov to the man who was probably one of the moving, driving forces behind this, whatever we've accomplished till now. Uh, he's your regular on a Fridays, Malcolm Honline. He, uh, he has thrown himself into this full force. Uh, it, it came to the point where the Prime Minister already said, enough with Harazism. Every time you show up here, that's all you talk about. I know he's spoken about it on the air. Uh, he know he understands the strategic importance. He he constantly says that people who do not take care of their past are destined also to give up on their future. Those are his words. So th- this is not just any issue. This this is an issue that the core at the heart of the Jewish nation. Yeah, no question about it. And everybody out there has an opportunity to help out. 
to participate, to keep the effort going. And for those of us who have uh, relatives uh, buried in Harazasim, it's e- even more significant. But as you just pointed out earlier, it's really significant to everybody who cares about both Jewish history, the Jewish present, and, of course, the Jewish future. What you pointed out at the beginning of this conversation regarding the intentions of the enemy and how they'd like to keep a chokehold or at least maintain a chokehold or establish a chokehold over Jerusalem and how important Harazasim is for that end is very, very important. Phone number for Sunday night, or for Sunday morning, I should say, for the breakfast meeting starting at 10 a.m. at the home of Rav Moshe Tovia Leaf. It's area code 718-854-4450, extension 0, or you can go to the website saveharazasim.org, saveharazasim.org. Menachem Lubinsky, I hope it's a successful event. And uh, give, tell us briefly, uh, for the next week, you're planning something out in the five towns, was it? Yes. Uh, next uh, next Shabbos, which is uh, Parashas Bechikosai, I will be the scholar in residence at the Young Israel of Woodmere, thanks to Rabbi Heshi Billet, who's been to Harazesim and knows the area extremely well and understands the concerns. And then on Sunday morning, there'll be a rally for the entire five towns community at the Young Israel of Lawrence Cedarhurst with the participation of Ambassador Ido Aroni. And uh, Ramosha Tuvialif will again uh, be there, and uh, Ramosha Teitelbaum from the Shul, and of course I will be there, and there will be a video of Harazasim. So th- this is the time, as, the, as I keep saying, we need to close the deal with the Israeli government and with everyone, with the entire Jewish community. Harazasim is ours. It, there's no question about it. You know, I just want to mention that when I turned over, my brother and I turned over a piece of road, which is up by the hotel, which used to be the Intercontinental, and today called Seven Arches Hotel, the the other side of it had Hebrew markings on it. It's just it's just mind-boggling that this was allowed to happen. The, such a such a mass crime of sixty thousand graves, and they were able to get away with it. Unbelievable. Um, and and it's amazing as this conversation continues, how rabbis, government officials, secular Jews, people of all types are on the same page on this issue. And it's remarkable how that type of unity still has not been able to seal the deal on this whole issue. But as you said, if everybody from every angle stays strong, then hopefully, in fact, we'll have a uh, a good result. Well, thank I, you very much uh, for promoting it, and thank you very much for being what, one of the supporters of our efforts. A pleasure. Thanks so much to you, and good luck Sunday. The Haraz Asim Breakfast Meeting takes place 10 o'clock in the morning. At the home of our of Moshe Tuvia Leaf, 2423 Avenue O in Brooklyn, New York, Menachem Lubinsky with us live via telephone. J.M. and the A.M. on a Thursday, second day of Bahab. If you're not familiar with that, consult with your local rabbi. 23rd day in the counting of the Omer. If you are if you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Here's Dvekis at J.M. and the A.M.
A.K.A. Pella, from their brand new one, the uh, Top 20 double CD, or as they call it, the Top 20 <laughs> here at JM in the AM. Thursday morning on this day 23 in the counting of the Omer, uh, Dr. Richie Schlussel is with us live via telephone. Uh, you'll, re- you'll recall that he co-chaired what is being looked back on as one of the most successful NORPAC missions ever. We called it NORPAC 1000 in honor of the 1000 participants. And I want to tell you something, folks. Last Tuesday and Wednesday, the show that we did, you'll recall, was Wednesday morning and the entire NORPAC day was Wednesday. Last Tuesday and Wednesday in Washington were drenching days. Tuesday was terrible weather-wise. Wednesday was ten times worse than that. (laughs) Tuesday was awful. We got drenched. Wednesday, I'm telling you, a hundred times worse. And people came out, spent the day on the bus, which was not an easy ride back and forth in that weather, and in between spent really quality hours in Washington, D.C., doing an amazing job. Uh, Dr. Schlussel is with us live via telephone in the aftermath of NORPAC 1000. Uh, Dr. Richie Schlussel, welcome back to JM in the AM. Nachum, thanks so much. I, uh, I actually have some exciting news. Yeah, let's hear. Uh, to update you, but before I do that, I just want to spend a minute, do this a little bit nervously, switching roles. You're known as the radio host extraordinaire, the pros pro at interviews. I want to switch roles and interview you for a minute and see what your impression was of the NORPAC mission when you were down there. What did you think? Well, no, it was remarkable. I think what I just said sums it up. In terms of the dedication and devotion of the people who spend the day in Washington, you do agree with me that it was not exactly the most pleasant day to be in the nation's capital, right? I think one measure of the success, and and I'll tell you some of them in a moment, but one measure, I I just felt terrible for people having to get around the city and back and forth in that rain, 
And everybody that I spoke to and I started to apologize, they said, don't apologize. It was a great day. Wow. It didn't matter one bit. We had important work to do. We did it. We accomplished things. We had a great time. Forget about the weather. It was fantastic. And I was amazed by that response. Yeah, that's amazing. Is right. A lot of dedicated people. And I'll tell you, I was impressed by the, uh, you know, we were at the plenary session and heard some great presentations. And uh, it is amazing to me. And I, I said this to myself a few times as I'm sitting there and listening to government officials. It is amazing to me how dedicated some members of Congress are uh to the to the to the cause how dedicated they are to uh the relationship between america and israel how dedicated they are to this uh you know to the entire mission to, to everything that norpac is doing having encouraged everybody to keep coming down to washington be in touch with them on a regular basis i was really amazed and it, and it, i i was reflecting on how different things have been in other countries and during different eras uh, you have to admit we're living in an unprecedented time and place very privileged. There's a tiny slice of history where uh, Jews have been able to participate in their government and to uh, participate at the highest levels, but also as citizens to ask what they think is important and to find a receptive audience when they uh, ask those elective officials. So just to give you a sense about what happened in concrete ways, people sometimes wonder, did I accomplish anything? Was it worth it? In the first 48 hours after our NORPAC mission last Wednesday, listen to what happened. We were advocating for legislation called the Hezbollah International Financial Prevention Act, right. basically to sanction Hezbollah. Before we got to Washington, there were 24 congressmen who co-sponsored the legislation and none in three weeks leading up to the mission. That day, we got 33 extra names that day, wow. and we're already up to 87 co-sponsors because of the NORPAC mission. Wow. And in addition, when our members met with Senator Mark Rubio in the Senate, he said that he wanted to co-introduce the legislation on the Senate. So now we're going to have legislation not only in the House and the Senate, thanks to our advocacy. Another big thing, on that day, we did something that everybody told us we wouldn't be able to do, which was to get another senator to co-sponsor the Iran sanctions bill. And the reason people were pessimistic is that President Obama, no... Uh, uncertain terms, has promised that he would veto that legislation and has personally pressured the senators not to sign on. Right. And on that day, we were able to have a receptive meeting with Senator John Walsh, Democrat of Montana, who co-sponsored the legislation that day. Um, a and Democrat. And the last two things that I'll tell you, we got incredibly receptive reception on the issue of BDS, boycott, divestment, sanctions against Israel. We spoke with members of Congress who were in areas that maybe didn't have large Jewish populations. They had no idea this was going on. And Representative Alan Grayson, a Democrat from Florida, has prepared legislation to cut off funding for higher education institutions which support BDS. Wow. And they were all on board with uh, trying to prevent that. But I think in some ways the biggest thing that happened since uh, our mission, we went down very, very specifically to meet with very targeted audiences in, in the House on the Armed Services Committee about missile defense funding. All of the people in your audience know about Iron Dome. Well, the budget proposed for this fiscal year cut the funding for Iron Dome uh, by quite a lot of money, down $200 million. News breaking this week is that missile defense funding was not only restored by the House to the prior levels, but was increased 
above and beyond that by $350 million more than the original budget. Amazing. So all the people that we know and love in Israel, our relatives, our friends, the soldiers, who are all living under this in- invisible umbrella now have a bigger umbrella and a stronger umbrella to live under under the threat of missile attack. And all this... Was, all this was done by uh, by rabbis, by lay leaders, by regular folks, by students, by college kids, everybody who was part of that group on Wednesday. It's uh, you have you don't have to be a, a pro, a veteran, an experienced person, as you saw and as you spoke about on your excellent show. And, and again, kudos to you for your show down there, to Miriam Wallach, to Mark Zonick for putting on an amazing show. Um, but as you spoke about, the talking points are all prepared for people. It's easy to speak about. You can speak as much or as little as you want. But uh, just the mere numbers of a 1,000 people coming there makes a huge impression and impact. Dr. Schlussel, should we go for NORPAC 1100 next year? I'll see you at 1100, and I'll raise you to 12. You think we can hit 1200? With your help, Nachum, I, I have no doubt. 1200, would be, that would be an unbelievable number. Uh, folks, you just, you just keep telling people throughout the year how amazing and how impressed you are with the experience. Folks, will you help us get way past a thousand and get us to Norpac twelve hundred for next year? That's a big question. Information about Norpac's activities all through the year, and obviously the uh, the one day in Washington that's uh, like none other. You can go to and, you can go to Norpac's website and check it out. I'm sorry, that, what were you saying? No, I, you you made uh, one last very good point, which is um, Norpac isn't a one day a year organization. We have parlor meetings and uh, very private sessions with members of Congress in the tri-state area. Wherever you live, we're probably going to have different uh, congressmen and senators coming up to meet us here locally, and we invite everybody to look at the website at NORPAC to see how you can participate during the year. Those meetings make a strong mission, and the mission makes those meetings stronger, so it's a a very active group throughout the year with our members of Congress. By the way, two other things I learned on Wednesday. Ted Cruz, better speaker than I thought. He had the place going. And if you're from the Garden State, and you know that I'm uh, originally from the Garden State of New Jersey, you got to be very proud of Senator Menendez. I don't think that there are ten people in the history of the Senate who have done more for the U.S.-Israel relationship than Senator Menendez. He is a true hero, and some of the speakers mentioned how he has stood up to tremendous pressure from in and outside his party to do the right thing on Iran and, and other issues related to Israel. He's amazing. Really incredible. Thank you, Dr. Schlussel. Kolakavo to you and everybody at NORPAC. Thursday morning broadcast, it's JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. It's Yaakov Shweki. What a song. I say that every single week when we play it. Unbelievable. Kamu Vaneha from the uh, brand new Kolot CD. J.M. and the A.M. Thursday at 10 minutes before 9 o'clock. Want to wish a mazel tov to Rabbi and Mrs. Uri Orli in Nava. And Rabbi Uri Orli of Washington Heights had a, a brand new baby boy recently. Uh, to uh, all the families, we say Mazal Tov, and a special Mazal Tov going out to uh, Chaya and Rabbi Orlean, who um, celebrate the uh, birth of another grandson. Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Uh, reminder, coming up later on the stream, Charlie Harari will be on uh, at 9 a.m. Eastern Time with Book of Life. Mike Duby and Yoni Greenstein of Sharing Seats will be Charlie's guest. That's coming up at 9 o'clock, just a few minutes from now. Uh, that's Charlie Harari at jmnam.org. Uh, don't forget Miriam Alwalik has a great That's Life program coming up between 10 and 11 this morning, Eastern Time, here at JM in the AM. Uh, her guest today will include Rabbi Yoshua Fass. No better way to celebrate Yom Ha'atzmut than with Rabbi Fass, the founder of Nefesh Benefesh. Uh, in addition, Sivan Yari, president and founder of Innovation Africa, will be on the uh, show. Hear how Israeli innovation is improving lives in Africa and how this little engine that could was awarded special consultant status to the UN's Economic and Social Council. In that conversation, Yotam Gorin will be participating. He's first secretary of the permanent mission of Israel at the United Nations. That's all happening between 10 and 11. Don't forget spin class later. 6 p.m. with Michael Fragan. He'll discuss some of the marquee New York races this year, and he'll have more on the East Ramapo schools controversy. And the question, has the Jewish community soured on Mayor de Blasio? Michael Fragan analyzes all of that coming up at 6 p.m. tonight on our stream at jmtheam.org. should be very interesting. Tomorrow morning, right here at JM and the AM at 7 o'clock in the morning, Rabbi Tzvi Klibanow. Probably the world's best person to speak to regarding the relationship between the religious community of Israel and the government of Israel on the subject of army service. Rabbi Tzvi Klibanow is the founder of Nachal Haredi. He visits us 7 a.m. tomorrow morning right here at JM in the AM. That should be a very interesting conversation, I, uh, I hope, that everybody out there will uh, join us. And listen in starting at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. JM in the AM with Ari Goldwag.
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Charlie Harari is next with the gentleman from Sharing Seats. Miriam L. Wallach at 10 o'clock Eastern Time with her own Yomatz Mu'ut special. And uh, 11 o'clock for the live lunch coming at you all on our stream at jmtheam.org. Have a fabulous Thursday. Tomorrow morning we're back. All of our Friday features plus Rabbi Tzvi Klibenow at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning visits us. He is founder of Nachal Haredi. What does he have to say about the army and the religious community of Israel? We'll find out tomorrow morning, 7 a.m., right here at JM in the AM. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.